Welcome to Game Changers Live from Miami, Florida. My name is Sergio Tijera. I'm your host. And each and every week, we bring you someone who has been a game changer in their field and who's touched the lives of thousands to get their perspective on their journey, their mindset, their struggles and successes so that we can inspire you on your journey. So let's get started right now. All right. Hey, this is Sergio coming to you live from Miami, Florida. Each and every week, you can catch us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Facebook Live, LinkedIn, uh, you name it, wherever your favorite platform is to listen to and watch our podcast. You can catch us there. And we have someone in the studio this week with us here that is going to be a tremendous guest and a huge influence in your life right now. His name is Jason Lynette, and he's a hypnotic influence expert who helps entrepreneurs and business owners close more premium sales. So as a, as a certified professional hypnotist, Jason has dedicated nearly two decades of his life to helping clients harness the science of positive persuasion strategies to quickly and easily rewrite the negative thought patterns. He reveals the secrets of hypnotic communication and shares specific business influence systems to supercharge business growth. And so if you're thinking about this, this is not about tricking or manipulating people. It's about helping your prospects to ethically sell themselves into your products. And so, and Jason's the host of the Hypnotic Language Hacks podcast, and he has a TEDx talk. You got to check it out. It's called Rethinking Rapport. It's available on YouTube. And he's also a best-selling author of Work Smart Business. So Jason, welcome to the show, my brother. Sergio, awesome to be here. Looking forward to this one. Awesome, man. Awesome. So hypnosis and business, right? The two topics don't typically go together. Tell me how these tie together. Yeah. So it kind of goes back to a big part in terms of how I started up my business that I was leaving behind a career working in management and professional arts companies. Meanwhile, hypnosis had been a bit of a hobby. And as I was making that transition going, I want to do this work full time. Now, at that point, it was a mixture of doing motivational programs for schools and then also corporate groups, as well as working really as a hypnotherapist, seeing clients for things like overcoming fears or boosting confidence. And really, at the time, the sort of unknown superhero strength, as it were, was the fact that I think I because I grew up in a family where everybody was an entrepreneur, I didn't get raised with that idea that it was supposed to be hard to run a business. <laughs> I wasn't growing up with all the stereotypes of most small businesses fail. And instead, what I was seeing was that everything came down to massive action. You know, hold yourself accountable. And if something happens, it's because you made it happen. And if something doesn't happen, it's because you didn't make it happen. So what was happening, though, was that, first of all, the people in the hypnosis industry, they were seeing the success that I was creating and they were asking questions. Well, how are you doing that? Show us. Meanwhile, at the same time, as soon as I started doing that, we, we know that our, in our 21st century era, people tend to look you up before they do business with you. So they were doing that Google search and finding these business presentations of mine. And what happened was really the turning point where here were the people coming to me, let's say, for a fear of failure or even public speaking issues. And they'd show up and in hand, they'd have their business plan. In hand, they'd have that presentation they've been working on for that conference. And it became this sort of dual approach of not just the languaging in terms of what's going on inside of your own mind, 
but also what's that language in you're putting out to the world to better convey the message as to what your product, your service really values. And so communication is tremendously important, especially right now where a lot of people haven't been able to be um, face to face because of COVID. And we're seeing some of these drop-in audio programs and applications like Clubhouse that makes it even more compelling because in those types of applications, there are no video, there is no pictures, no sound, no filters, none of that, just your voice. And your voice, if you're able to paint pictures in people's mind, you're able to to get them to, you know, to, to follow your lead, so to speak, right? And yeah, so- and look at that too, that so much of our language Uh, which what you said there was perfect. Let's just kind of enhance it a little bit further that the words that we speak, the sort of philosophy behind this is to realize that language was something that people had to invent to describe our structure of living. Meanwhile, the nature of the brain is that something that through advances in neuroscience and research, we can now better understand. So the old phrase that a picture is worth a thousand words, we can flip that around the other direction that any set of words can possibly create thousands of different pictures, but not just visual representations, but also feelings, tastes, smells, sounds around us as well. Mm -hmm. So to look at how we can start to paint a much more comprehensive experience for people by, think of it this way, sweep them into an experience. Use your words to bring them into the moment as to what the outcomes they're going to be noticing as a result of your business. Don't just tell them the story in terms of what happened. Bring them inside of the story. And even better, if I can share a strategy here right away, one of the most powerful language patterns that we can use is the reality that saying less is sometimes saying more. So, so often we start to unfortunately break rapport in our communication by providing way too much detail in terms of a visual representation for the person who might not be thinking of that situation visually. So there's a whole data bank of artfully vague and ambiguous words that we can start to use. And this is where some of the most influential language patterns we can use are the ones we elicit just by listening to somebody. The number of times that I've been in a communication with someone or people in my programs have used this little pattern that as you consider this product, Think about the changes that's going to make in your business. And what you're listening for or looking out for is that moment where that person is now responding in some way, even if it's as simple as a yes response or a nodding of the head, yes. So that ambiguous statement, think about the changes this will create in your business, followed by once you see that buy-in, what would that be for you? And simply by listening, If they're using visual terms, as you just did, we can stay within that representational system. Or if we're hearing that this person is that feeler or that more auditorily based person, now we're creating a much more cohesive communication structure, again, by listening and feeding back their model of the world. Now, how difficult is it to do that when you are trying to listen to the person, but you're also trying to detect, okay, is this person a a feeler? Is he auditory? Is he... Uh, you know, another type of NLP receptor um, that must take a lot of practice, but you seem to do it very naturally. How, How did you get into that? How did you practice that? There's a quick anecdote and a brief story that I think best answers that. Okay. The anecdote would be that when I first started studying this stuff, which this goes all the way back to like 2001, Um, celebrating 20 years in business as of November 2021 coming up soon. So thank you. So looking at when I first got into it, 
one of the through lines of so much of communication was that these are not methods that were invented. These were methods that were discovered by tracking people who were already effective and successful at what they did. Mm -hmm. And when I read that, something stood out to go, do not think of these methods as things to either use or don't use. If all of this is based upon effective communication, why don't I just do it all the time? <laughs> Became the first thought, right. which was really drilled home uh, with a friend of mine who she reached out to go, oh, someone in my area is going to do a workshop. Should I go to it? And then I looked it up and it turned out to be someone I know, someone who I highly respected. And it was kind of like a half day sampler class, you know, come in and it was like $47 to attend. So low cost, low risk, good guy, absolutely mm -hmm. go for it. To kind of paint the story a little bit further, she was someone who dealt with a lot of direct sales in her business. And the feedback that I got from her going through this other person's workshop kind of stood out a bit to me. And that she said, that was fascinating. But you know what? I just haven't had the time to practice it. Which, again, going back to her story as someone who's involved with a lot of direct sales, mm -hmm. this is where we bring in the ethical component of it to say that the truth is we're always communicating. We're always persuading and, dare I say, even manipulating even if it's me sending a text to my wife to say, hey, I think we have this in the fridge. Let's have that for dinner tonight. Mm -hmm. We're always communicating always towards nice. a desired result. So if that's the case, why don't we always communicate with purpose, with intention, and with the proper ethics behind it? So the metaphor would be that everything is a muscle if you treat it like one, in that the more you make use of it, the more natural it becomes. Sometimes when, when we see something like this that's fascinating, but it seems like climbing a mountain. And, you know, we're, we want to try to eat the elephant at one bite and it just becomes overwhelming. And we just say, okay, forget it. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing because it's comfortable and it somewhat works for me. Maybe it's not the best thing. So if, if we were to, to say, okay, what is that one thing that somebody can start doing today to, to get some momentum going? Yeah. In, in terms of being more effective in communications. So let's start with a simple influence principle here, which would be that if something is explained in advance, the brain hears it as education. If something is explained after the fact, no matter how well you do it, very often the brain hears it instead as an excuse, which I'll give you a simple example. And this kind of normalizes the hypnosis part. So if you hear it before, it's, it's education. If you hear it afterwards, it's an excuse. Yeah. That's how we interpret it. Exactly. So let's take, for example, that if any service-based business, you also do coaching as well. And it's where inside of our businesses, we very likely have some kind of rescheduling policy to say that if they cancel the same day, here's what occurs. Or if you need to adjust it, here's the time frame that I ask. And I'm sure, you know, at times we'd often bend those rules. So by explaining that in advance, what happens now is that someone reaching out to us who we're already working with already knows the premises, already knows the rules, and already begins to sort it out. I, I mentioned hypnosis a moment ago, which this is not just about hypnotizing people to feel more confident in their communication. By showing people how to let their communication become more hypnotic, that's when that confidence also rises. But if I was back in the career of only working with clients one-to-one, -one, it's helpful to tell somebody throughout the process of hypnosis, you're going to hear everything I say, and remember as much as you would from any normal conversation. That's explained in advance. Now that's education. When the opposite would be is that after the session, if I had not have said that, 
It might be the dialogue of, well, I don't know if that worked. I heard every word you said. So by understanding the power of what we'll just simply call pre-framing to better educate people at the beginning of our process. So to start to ask ourselves the same way that you had a pre-recorded video that played out before we jumped on here together in real time, what is it that we can do in the nature of our marketing that in many ways not only attracts our ideal clientele, but also, let's say it this way, respectfully propels away those people that might not be an exact fit for what right. we do. So to start to look at, th this is where the playful catchphrase sometimes becomes, why are most businesses on social media? And it's a bit of a playful answer that they're there because they think they're supposed to be, as opposed to having a very specific strategy that they can measure, they can track, and they can prove whether or not it's working. So this is where we start to see that ability to show rather than just tell. And it's where by using our marketing methods now, we can better educate our people in advance where nowadays in one of my prime markets that I talk to, by the time someone gets to me, they've already gone through an educational webinar. They've already been addressed in terms of how the process works, what's going to be happening and what they're going to receive which means in terms of also maximizing my time, by the time we're having that interaction, they know the full value. They know the full investment. They already know what they're going to be receiving. So then it becomes a matter of that quote sales call is only to better customize the experience for them. I'm no longer having to sell in that part of the equation because the educational materials in advance have satisfied that. So this is where we can ride that balance where so many people are often timid behind, well, if I teach it, they're not going to have a need to call me. When the truth is we can do that even better if we understand explicitly what service it provides in advance to better educate that person and be ready to take full action with what we do very often at a premium respectable cost too. So by, by pre-framing, you, you are trying to get the yeses ahead of time and get them used to saying yes. So, you know, um, you know, how would you do that? Because in NLP, that's one of the one of the ways in in terms of uh, mo most powerful, I guess, setups. Right, is saying, "Well, this is a great group. Uh, I think we, you know, we've we've learned a lot here." And and one more fact, you basically state three facts that they can say yes to before then you present your offer. Right? Is that something that is that you find useful? Yeah. Well, do you recommend that or not? And for those just listening to this, I'm smiling so big as I love having these conversations with people already in some way familiar with a lot of these patterns. Uh, what Sergio is referring to there is what we call pacing and leading, pacing which, and leading. Is, which right. is where we would make use of a true statement, a true statement, a true statement, followed by, let's say, a suggestion that you're interested in growing your business and you're listening to this podcast and engaging in this conversation which means you're probably in the market to find some better ways to market your services. True statement? Yes. Right. Which that then becomes the lead toward the end. This is where if this were a hypnosis certification course, which I also offer, we would talk that hypnotic suggestions are not just words. They're thoughts. They're also feelings. They're also experiences and actions. So to start to see how we can embed inside of that communication, not just words, not just the opportunity for someone to say yes to something, but to look at the fact that we're always moving towards another compliance checkpoint. So the fact that you've now gone to this page on this website, you've now watched this video, 
you've now entered in your email address to acknowledge the reality is there's already a hypnotic communication mechanism that's there, similar to that yes set that you just reiterated there. But right. because that's there, we can now start to lead deeper into that process exactly what the next step ought to be. Th this is where I I'd share a specific language pattern here with surgery. You might already know this one. It's one called a complex equivalence. And the pattern of what this establishes for us is it lets one piece of information become the meaning of another piece of information. So I'll give an example. This is one that I consistently use. Let's give it better in terms of uh, one of my students. He does credit repair. And inside of that, he was looking for ways to not just be a commodity in that industry. Someone gets into some bit of trouble with a credit card bill, a medical bill, whatever it might be. Their credit takes a bit of a dive because of one missed payment or whatever the reason might be. Someone does a search and suddenly hears thousands of people around the world who provide that type of service. He was looking for a way to stand out in that market, not just because he wanted to charge more, <laughs> but because he goes, there's a specific clientele that I'm more interested in working with. Sure. So as part of his marketing mechanism, step one, using some of the formulas that I teach in terms of videos so people actually watch the videos, which is just as important yes. as making the videos. The videos served as an educational component. And this goes against some of the common thinking in some markets, but the main video that was on his website was a little bit deeper down after an opt-in offer. And he specifically was teaching something over the course of about a seven minute video. The opportunity came at about minute number six, where he goes, well, let me just call this out. Because at this point, you're only seeing this video because you've already requested my tip sheet in terms of things you can do on your own. And I highly encourage, make use of those things even before you call me, which let's talk through some of the vocabulary here. He was now pre-framing, make use of these things even before you call me, which right. is now setting up the mental trigger that, yes, you are going to call me. One of the next statements were that he now said, because let's just call this out. The fact that you're still watching this video means that you're one of those people who's serious about getting this changed, not only quickly, but making sure it's done right so you don't find yourself in this situation again, which is where I'll explain, I don't just repair your credit, that we are going to repair your credit. I'm also going to work with you in terms of your emotional mind connection to money so that you never need a service like mine again. If that's what you're looking for, my phone number is below. Call as soon as you can so we can get this sorted out now. So he was stacking this communication mechanism that one, because he already knew the sequences they went through in terms of that application funnel, in terms of how to get to him, and then a little bit of what we can call ethical sycophancy, which is a fun word. It's a fancy way of saying kissing butt, but in a more popular <laughs> way. <laughs> the fact that you're still watching this means by delivering that complex equivalence phrase, the viewer is now unconsciously patting themselves in the back going, yes, I am unlike other people because not only do I want to resolve this, which now he changed the offer. He didn't catch that. He was no longer just the guy offering the credit repair service. By making that phone call, they were already agreeing to the premise that they were also buying into a coaching service too. So immediately, he was no longer one of the same like everyone else. He was able to provide more value, the ethical part of this. He was providing a service that was no longer just the Band-Aid because that's what everyone else did. 
And again, the right messages at the right time and the right sequencing, that's what's driving his business now. And that's something so small, but so powerful in terms of the call to action. Right. Where so many people just play the game of call this phone number, fill out this form. Instead, look at the ways that we can stack communication mechanisms inside of that funnel marketing so that now everything is happening for a reason. And if you're um, kind of crazy about automation as I am, it's where if they've taken this step, but not that step, that's one email sequence. But if they've graduated to this step rather than that step, that's a different email sequence. And this is where I can reveal my personal hero is Ron Popeil with his Showtime Rotisserie Grill. Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. So we're on with, with Jason Lynette. He's the hypnotic influence expert, author, and TEDx speaker. And we're talking about the power of hypnosis in business and ethical selling, which is something that everybody needs a bit of, you know, in, in these times, um, and especially entrepreneurs. So in terms of, you know, the, the call to action, where we see a sales funnel, you know, we, we get them all the time, right? On social media, you see something interesting, a, a video says, hey, learn more, gets you to a landing page. Why, you know, what, what is it about some of these that make them so effective versus, versus others that maybe perhaps aren't? Yeah, it's the fact that we can use our language to sort of direct people to a different perspective of the experience, which here's a simple strategy for this one. Let's pause for a moment and let's take a moment and define hypnosis, even though this is not necessarily a service of hypnotizing you to do something. It's again, letting your communication make use of hypnotic principles. Right. So to look at the nature of hypnosis, the actual definition we would use nowadays is that simply it's that bypassing of that critical element of the mind. So it's that automatic reaction in spite of things that we're already aware of, which this is something we do on our own every day. You could be driving in your car, thinking of everything other than driving your car, and you still end up where you'd like to go. You yeah. could be watching a movie. You know it's all fiction. There are actors dressing up and pretending. We still get swept up in the story. Even in terms of a personal change, here's the person who knows their qualifications, knows there's a reason why they're the one at the front of the room speaking, or they're the one directing the webinar online. They know their credentials. They know their quality. And yet here's that classic fear of public speaking cycle. So the playful phrase in terms of personal change, you know, I, I know this emotion isn't hunger. And yet when I feel that way, I'm eating in response to it, right. where it's that disconnect between thoughts and feelings and actions. And through hypnotherapeutic techniques, we're helping to create that better connection. So let's branch off for a moment that bypassing awareness mindset, because what we can now do with our language is create a similar bypass point to create much more influential calls to action. Uh, I'll, I'll briefly describe a simple technique which any of you can use immediately. You're probably, Sergio, you're probably already familiar with the concept of future pacing. Future pacing is where you direct your language toward the outcome that someone's going to be noticing. If this was a personal change, if this was about weight loss, imagine there you are, you've already dropped 30 pounds, you're feeling more confident in your clothing, more comfortable in your own skin, loving how you feel. That'd be future pacing. This is a personal strategy that we can modify a bit differently. I call this product pacing. Let's use our sales communication to no longer target the decision point of, yes, I'm doing this, or no, I'm not. To instead target our product pacing language patterns 
to sell people instead as to what they'll be doing once they're already inside of your product or service. So the simplest example yeah, of this- Not on the product itself, but yeah. what, you know, their lifestyle, how they're enjoying that product. Kind of. Let, so, let's bypass okay. the decision point as to <laughs> yes or no, am I doing this? And instead sell you on the decisions that you'll be making once you're already inside of it. So the simplest example would be that let's go to a standard application funnel. That's a thing that's kind of become the norm in a lot of people's businesses. Mm -hmm. uh, fill out this form, schedule time to speak with me. And, and it's where if I have a video on that page, if I've taken like just to nerd out on tech for a moment, if I've taken the Calendly link and I've embedded that onto another page, I'll put a video at the top of that page, which is where that video is going to be talking about the things that you and I are going to discuss on that sales call, on that strategy session, on that screening, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. But the principle is that video is talking about what's going to be happening after you filled out the application below. Another example of this, which helps to illustrate this, is that very often on a sales page for a digital course, I'm giving you a tour inside of the program and using the tour to help you decide where are you going to get started inside of this? Because yes, it's a four-step system that every module stands on its own. However, if your goal is this, I recommend you start with part two. If your goal is that, here's what part four is all about. But even better, there's a private Facebook community, which as soon as you log in, go to that community, join it, and then introduce yourself and let us know one of your goals. That way we're there to support you. This is the communication that I recommend we're presenting on that sales page, which again, what's the thinking? They can't do those steps until they've filled out the form and actually made that first payment. So we're going to a different decision point as to what am I going to do once I'm inside of it versus do you want to do this or not? Yes or no. And, and the ethical side of this is that people are very aware of what you're doing with your language. If it's not a fit, they won't continue along that cycle. If it is a fit, they'll keep going further into that funnel system. So by pacing that language to a different location in terms of the outcome. So this is where I've got an application funnel in one of my businesses where people have to make a payment in terms of a deposit to book that call. It's refundable if they see it's not a match for them. But again, the page that's asking for the credit card information is giving a video tour of the questions you have to ask on the Calendly application. So we've changed the sequencing of that ever so slightly so that now you're seeing the form that you're going to see next, but you can't see that form until you've filled out the transaction information on that page. So paste your language into the decisions that they'll be making once they've already made the buying decision. And that very often changes a lot of that buying conversation. Interesting. That is powerful stuff right there. If you're listening out there, <laughs> you can get in touch with Jason to help him you know, kind of tweak your systems out there. Jason, let me ask you. So changing gears a bit as we start wrapping this up, and I ask this to all my guests, being game changers. What was there a time in your life or a moment or an event or something that somebody said to you that was a game-changing moment for you where you really realized your potential or you found kind of what you wanted to do in life? What tell me tell me what, what that was like? It goes to a quote that I'm sure I read this in my teenage years, where uh, from like age five to like maybe 18, I had a hobby of doing magic, which there was a frustration with magic that you had to explain why you had props. And with hypnosis, it was just 
dealing with people and we didn't have to carry yeah. stuff around. That's part of that transition story. But the quote was, and this goes back to vaudeville theater, that the amateur changes their act. The professional changes their audience. So a big part of my business started with a local business and then turned into education. And I was running a meetup at the time. And it was a great experience to run that meetup. I was in front of a group of people every single month. I was either teaching something of my own or hosting someone else's presentation. And it was a great group, and I'm still in contact with most of those people. Yet there was a turning point where I looked out in front of that crowd and realized it was the same 25 faces every single week. And that quote came back again. The amateur changes their act. The professional changes their audience. That was the week that I did a couple of searches online and I found different podcasting courses and launched one of the first podcast programs that I have now put out for about seven and a half years at this point, well over 300 episodes, more than a million downloads all wow. around the world. And looking at the nature of what that then accomplished of taking a lot of the same stuff that I knew how to do, but then bringing it out to another audience. The beauty of all of this though is kind of where things are now. We're back to this first question that you asked me. An audience that was unintended started to find that program, which is where we saw there was another need. So amateur changes their act, professional changes their audience. What happened was a new audience was responding to what I was doing. And one of the best things we can do in terms of our business is listen, ask. And I saw here was this part of the business community that sometimes would come across some of these hypnotic language terms, but no one was really going into the deep dive in terms of what they were, how they worked, and even better, how to string them along in a very specific way to go, okay, you want to do video for your business? Here's the template. Here's the formula using all of these language patterns. You want to do writing for your websites or emails? Great. Here's all the patterns. Here's specifically now how to put them to use in the right order at the right time. So I'd say that turning point again was that, quote, the amateur changes their act, the professional changes their audience. But where things really scaled up was the result of not trying to guess what an audience wanted, but instead by listening to hear what their needs were, what their concerns were, and just simply giving them a service to answer those concerns. I used to guessing work out. Oh, yeah. Guessing sucks. Let's model what's working now. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Jason Lynette. Buddy, thank you so much for being on. Where can people reach out to you and, and get in touch? Yeah, awesome being here. I love the Game Changers theme here. I'd point to two easy places to track me down. I do the Hypnotic Language Hacks podcast. So wherever you can find podcasts, do a search for Hypnotic Language Hacks, even on YouTube. That's where I'm coming out every Wednesday on a weekly basis. And then head over to jasonlinette.com. And looking at the spelling of your last name and your full name, you'll love mine. Uh, I own all the wrong spellings of jasonlinette.com. They all point to the right place. So once you find oh, your yeah. jasonlinette.com, <laughs> seven bucks a month for all the wrong spellings, worth every penny. Uh, once That's you're there, they point to a specific resource. Top of the page, there's a tab for business influence systems. When you click there, it'll give you the opportunity to actually learn my specific video sales influence process. Seven easy steps you can plug into any video, has people wanting more even before you make that offer. Again, that's at jasonlinette.com. Fantastic, brother. Thanks for being on Game Changers, buddy. Awesome. This has been great. Thanks for having me. All right. If you loved what you heard in today's episode of Game Changers, please subscribe and rate us. 
The lessons and the stories in these podcasts are immensely valuable, so I invite you to share them with a friend who needs to hear it. You may end up being the game changer in their lives.